you know, if there's a particular episode of 143 Pixels that speaks to you, you know, a game that you have played or a game that you started playing after listening to an episode of 143 Pixels, and you want to share your story with that game, then do me a favor and send an email to 143pixels at gmail.com. That's 143pixels at gmail.com. Tell me your story and I'll share it on a mailbag episode of 143 Pixels. Welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we are here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend, and my friend brings a game. This week, my friend is Tony P. Henderson, and the game he brought is NBA Jam. Before we get to the game, let's talk about my friend a little bit. When I met Tony, it was because I guessed it on a podcast that he's usually part of. Uh, he's part of the Giant Size Team Up Network and is often on Breaking the Panel uh, so we ended up being on an episode together and I found out that he was a Twitch streamer so I could go to his, uh, to his stream every once in a while. And, uh, so I ended up following him on Twitch and we ended up talking a whole bunch. And then, uh, I ended up me meeting him at Dragon Con. It's a funny story. I didn't know anybody really at Dragon Con. I had met a couple of the guys through the podcast, but, other than that, I was going in completely blind. And uh, Philip, who is going to be on this show eventually, or maybe he's already been on this show. I don't know what order these are going to come out in. Uh, but Philip had texted me the address of the place where everybody was going to be staying. And so I got on, uh, or I got off the plane and I took an Uber to the address. And I found the door and I knocked and nobody answered. So I turned the, the, the doorknob and I stepped, stuck my head in and I said, I heard somebody talking and I said, hello. And, uh, no, like they didn't say anything. It just got quiet for a second. And then this one guy leaned back and I did not recognize him and he did not recognize me. And we both looked at each other very, very confused. And I was worried that I had just walked into somebody's house. But then Tony came around the corner and I recognized Tony because when we recorded breaking the panel, uh, that was a video mode. When I watched his Twitch streams, that was in video. So I was like, oh my gosh, thank God, Tony's here. And from then on, he became my con mom. Uh, he'd been to Dragon Con for like 10 years in a row. And uh, he basically taught me some tricks uh, and tips and tricks about getting around Dragon Con. And he ended up taking me to a ridiculously amazing concert from the, this this band called Steam Powered Giraffe, which I'd never heard of and never would have checked out if Tony hadn't said, let's go. Uh, and uh, we navigated through the throngs of people all dressed up in weird outfits. And my head is on a, a swivel the whole time. And then we get to this amazing concert with uh, a giant, well, not giant, but, uh, well, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything else about... Uh, <laughs> about Steam Powered Giraffe. Google them. They're awesome, and they have really cool music and uh, excellent singing voices as well. And then he took me to a weird puppet show, and it was bizarre and fun, and we've been fast friends ever since. Uh, so now that you know 
uh, who Tony is. I, I brought him on the show because I just felt like he and I really connected and uh, we, I knew that we could talk about uh, things that we love together because it was something that we did that whole weekend of Dragon Con. Uh, so when I decided to start this podcast, he was one of the first people that I reached out to. And he said, absolutely, I want to talk about NBA Jam. Well, I think that he kind of waffled on what game he wanted to talk about for a while. But he said, absolutely, he wanted to be on the show. And he picked NBA Jam. Um, now that you know who he is and why I had him on the show, um, let me tell you a little bit about what what uh, what he do what he does uh, before uh, stopping his uh, podcast, Tony was the host of the Geek Versus podcast. Uh, he's also a convention moderator, a podcaster, a Twitch streamer, and you can find all of his projects and social media at TonyPHenderson.com. And uh, I'm going to give you a fun little fact about Tony. Uh, he is sort of in Avengers Endgame. And uh, if if you are curious as to what that means, just Google who is Tony P. Henderson. And now that you know about my friend, I'm going to give you some background information about NBA Jam. But first, we got to pay the bills. So listen to a message from our sponsors. And when we get back, we'll be on fire. Jam. Hey everybody, Bill here. I want to take a minute and talk about my process for making 143 pixels. It is a seasonal show, which means basically what I do is I, I do all of the interviews and then I do a bunch of research and then I do a bunch of e uh, recording and then I do a bunch of editing. And this takes a whole bunch of time. So what usually happens is I will get 10 episodes completely finished and then I will start releasing them. Some people may not want to wait for me to finish a full season before I start releasing it. And I've got good news for you. I recently, and honestly, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I recently uh, made an early access tier on the Patreon, which you can find over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you join at the early access tier, then as soon as I finish an episode of 143 pixels, I post it and you get to listen to it like right away. You get your own RSS feed that is just for you. And I upload the podcasts as soon as I finish them rather than waiting until I get an entire season done. In addition, if you didn't know, uh, that also gets you access to all of my shows 100% ad free. So again, that URL is patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And without further ado, let's get to the next episode of 143 Pixels. Thanks for listening. NBA Jam is a sports arcade game. It was developed and published by Midway for the arcade. Uh, in the, in the, on the consoles, it was published by a whole bunch of different people. So I'm not going to get into that. The original game for uh, arcade was designed and uh, designed by Mark Termel, Sean Liptak, Jamie Rivet, Rivet uh, Sal Devita, 
uh, John Carlton and Tony Gotsky. Gus Gosky. Sorry, Tony. I didn't mean to screw up your name, dude. Uh, the music, uh, which is really good music, by the way, is composed by John Hay. And the game came out in 1993. I was a junior in high school when this game came out. And it ate a lot of my quarters. It ate a lot of everybody's quarters. Uh, it's It's tough to find information about sales or reviews of arcade games but egm gave the game uh, like the console version of the game uh, a nine out of ten score uh it said that the console version was the game of the month when it came out they praised the graphics and the sounds and the four player mode uh they also said it was easy to pick up and incredibly fun even for people that don't like sports games and as somebody who does not like sports games which is sports games is kind of hard to say. I 100% agree with that statement. Uh, it, it features uh, two-on-two basketball, and it's really one of the first playable basketball arcade games, and it's it's also one of the first sports games to feature NBA-licensed teams and players uh, and their actual faces. Uh, this is one of the first games where you could look at a character and be like, oh, look, that's Jordan. That's this guy. That's that person. And here my lack of uh, understanding sports is going to show because I don't remember who anybody is other than Jordan or maybe Barkley and things like that. Uh, the the key feature of NBA Jam, the, the reason that it, it, it worked for me so much is because everything was turned up to 11. Everything is exaggerated. Uh, the players can jump many times their own height, which means that they have these slam dunks that defy gravity. They defy human capabilities and the laws of physics, meaning that they do dunks from half court and they're flying through the air with a basketball that is on fire. There's no fouls to slow the game down. There's no free throws to slow the game down. In fact, the only violations that are in the game would be goaltending and uh, 24-second violations. So this means that the player can shove or elbow their opponents out of the way, which makes it for a more fun and arcadey experience. Again, this is not a simulation. Uh, And I got to say, one of my favorite things about the game is the on-fire mode, which happens if you get four uh, baskets or how does it work? Oh, yeah. Uh, It ends up giving you unlimited turbo, increased shooting position. uh, I'm sorry, precision. And the on-fire mode keeps going until the other team scores or in the, or until the player who is on fire gets four consecutive baskets while on fire. It's really cool, and it's always exciting when the announcer says he's on fire. It, it You're like, yes, I'm being recognized for my amazing talents. A little bit of trivia about the game, since there's really no setting to talk about. Uh, NBA Jam also incorporates a slogan from Spike Lee's character in a 1986 film, She's Gotta Have It, named Mars Blackman, uh, who was also featured in a Nike basketball shoe TV commercial at the time. Uh, in, uh, In NBA Jam, the commentator asks, is it the shoes after a player performs like really, really well? And then uh, kind of a, a nod to this, is it the shoes thing? Uh, Kitsro, the, the person who uh, the, plays the commentator in the game, uh, will say it's got to be the shoes under similar circumstances, which is kind of neat. I think that that's cool. Uh, I don't really know the, the... 
I don't understand the reference because I don't I haven't seen that, but I love how uh, people like I love it when pop culture from one thing gets pulled into another. I always find that uh, interesting and I appreciate it. One more piece of trivia about it that I found extremely interesting to find out is that in 2008, uh, Termel, the designer, the main designer of the game, he confirmed a suspicion that a lot of people had that the Chicago Bulls, uh, basically the game had a bias against the Bulls, especially when they were playing against the Detroit Pistons in the game. This is because Termel was a big Detroit Pistons fan and the game was programmed so that the Bulls would miss last-second shots in close games against the Pistons, which is hilarious and also awful at the same time, and I love it. It's it's a sports arcade basketball game, so you don't have to worry anything about spoilers in this interview. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let's get started. And uh, usually I play an intro. I don't know what I'm going to be able to find for this, so maybe it'll just be some uh, audio from the game. It certainly won't be an intro because... It's an arcade game, and that doesn't really work. But we'll be right back uh, after whatever I find, and you'll get to hear uh, all of Tony's thoughts about uh, NBA Jam. Oh, one more thing before we get there. Uh, When Tony and I were recording, uh, there's something wrong with his microphone, and uh, it came through bad. His microphone doesn't usually sound like this, and I didn't notice it until uh, afterwards, but it was a good interview, so I didn't want to throw it away. So... uh, uh, it, it doesn't sound like it's not awful, but it's not the usual quality that we have here on the show. So I just wanted to uh, to let everybody know about that. Uh, anyway, we, uh, I'll shut up now. Let's uh, let's hear from Tony. Here's the tip. A lot of the first timers that I got to Con Mom, um, and it wasn't just you. It was um, you, Emily, a friend of mine from work, came up on a Saturday, um, and that's when it dawned on me. I was like, "Oh, I am Con Mom," and but everyone had fun. Like you had spoken highly of it, um, my friends and Emily. So yeah, it made it. It made it great. It, yeah. was, uh, it was. It was the best. I saw that uh, that that thing on because I don't usually use Facebook, but I, I saw on Facebook uh, the BET thing, and you were on it, and that that must have been uh, right. pretty amazing, huh? It's bizarre. Um, yeah, you're right. You don't use Facebook. I'm just I don't know why I'm so Facebook e. I need to do better with Twitter, and I'm like Discord. What is this crap? <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I do do need to do more with Twitter. Um, it's just, Twitter has such weird engagement to me. Um, but no, that was bizarre. That was super bizarre because I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm mixed. My mom's Italian. My dad's black. And so I've never been the most like Afrocentric. And so to now be, you know, kind of like, oh, this was, you know, a big deal. And this panel was a big deal. And it meant a lot to a lot of people. I was like, are you guys? Are you sure I'm the right one for this? Is this who you really wanted? <laughs> I, I think that it's most important that they have somebody that's good at moderating, not that somebody that re, re, uh, that, that hits the, all, all the check boxes. Yeah, and I agree, and I I um take it serious, you know, and I do understand it means a lot to people. So I I hope I you know 
represented well, but it's just that's that's what makes it funny to me. Yeah. You know, like, oh, all right, well, I guess you know, and sometimes you get put in a fortunate and important position. You know, I'm like, all right, well, I like it or not, I got to do it now. You know, so so I have a new setup, um, and so I, I keep bumping the mic. So I have to. I'm sitting with my my hands together, like a proper across the table meeting. (laughs) All right, get a mic bump. That's what it is. Hey, you know what? It's not going to be perfect, and anything that is perfect is probably boring anyway. So let's talk about NBA Jam, man. Like that's the game that you picked. Uh, And my question to you is: Out of all of the games that you could have chosen, why did you choose? Well, actually, before you answer that question. Instead of saying why you chose it, which NBA Jam are we talking about? Are we talking about the arcade or are we talking about a console? Oh, the arcade. Definitely okay, so the arcade. out yeah. of all of the games that you could have chosen, <laughs> why did you pick NBA Jam? So it's funny, Bill. For for the I'm talking to the listeners now. You and I have, you know, I, I like to think become friends. We've certainly been working together a lot. Absolutely. And you mentioned the new show. Oh, here's my idea for a show, and I was like, oh, that's cool. The idea of talking about a favorite game, and I. Had no inclination of being on the show. I, you hadn't yet asked, but I was just interested. I was like, "What would be my favorite?" Well, game? I wasn't going to ask until I found out, you, you know, your racial <laughs> profile, so I could <laughs> make sure I get all the boxes. <laughs> it was like I needed a black guy and I needed an Italian guy, and you're a two for one. <laughs> um, that oh man, that cracked me up. Um. <laughs> And so before any of that, I was just thinking on my own, like, what would be my game? What would I think of? And this went on for days because that's me. I, I overthink things and get anxiety. I'm like, I'm not even doing this show yet, but I got to figure this out. You know, you never know. Um, and I'm I'm an arcade kid, and I grew up, you know, into the arcades. I had, I think my first console, you know, I know my first console was Atari 2600. I've had a console ever since then. I've played a lot of games. I used to... I, no, I don't even know if you knew this. I used to work at Activision. I oh, I did not know that. Yeah, man. I was a video game tester. And so I, I've i been around games. And even with that, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can name my favorite. And so the reason, let me, let me back up. So in thinking about it, I kept coming back to NBA Jams. And I was like, nah, that can't be it. Uh, you know, uh, let me keep thinking. Let me keep thinking. And I kept coming back to it. So it, it's definitely NBA jams in the arcade. And it's it's more than just the game. It, it, it's it's really what it represented and the time I played it in the atmosphere. So definitely, definitely that one. That's awesome. I, I remember um, putting many, many quarters into NBA jam back in the day. It was so just absolutely fun like they perfectly captured the fun of the sport without all of the nonsense that goes along with it like i do not i'm not a sports game guy but and like i love the arcadey ridiculousness that nba jam was and everything like there was a whole bunch of dials on a board someplace and they walked up and they turned every single one of them up to 12. <laughs> like 
everything. The the announcer was amazing, screaming, he's on fire. The animations were really good. The sound was great. It was there was there's nothing. I I have troubles finding fault with anything about that game, other than the fact that it just they stopped making them. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, a bombardment to your senses, uh-huh. and I, I have to go back to my high school and college arcade, which was Diamond Gems in in Peachtree Mall in Columbus, Georgia, um, and I would play play it there. And I'm I'm a basketball fan. I love basketball, and it's funny because, to your point, it's not basketball. <laughs> it gets you know, it, it, it's, it's loosely based on basketball, um, but it did have everyone's teams and, and real players, and it, at the time, really looked like them, you know, so you got to pick your team with your favorite players, and I've always been a New York Knicks guy, and they had, you know, Patrick Ewing and John Starks, which was like 90s Knicks for me. Yeah. Um, and then you could custom, and that that's where I really – the more I think about it, it was just brilliant. You could customize your own guy, and and in retrospect, it was a grind. The more you played, the more you won, the more you could add stats. Um, you put in, I don't know if it was a phone number or a code. There was a code of some sort. I don't so remember this at all. Oh, man, yeah. So you made a custom dude, and, and you sort of built that guy up, and you had a, a password, I think. Um where it would pull your guy up, your custom guy. And so, you know, that's a dude that I worked on. I'm, I had a I had the Phoenix gorilla. Well, it was based on the Phoenix gorilla, but he was, had his own little tweaks, you know, and, and what made it even more fun was a buddy of mine who I would go to this arcade to, he had his guy and we would team up. So we were like running the table, if you will. Nice. And just challenging people. And when you played, um, all four players, when you paid for all four players to play, the winner got a free game. Oh, so, okay. There was a little like gambling element on it and, and fun competition. And so I don't feel know, like I, that's gambling. Cause that's really more about skill than anything else. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's not just a luck. Um, well, gambling and the fact that we had, there was something on the line. Yeah. You know? There was, there was, um, you know, we're playing for this free game. And even then, I could afford to play again, but it was the principle. <laughs> Look at what Mr. You know? Moneybags over here. What, now, re- remind me, because it's been a long, long time. How much was a play of NBA Jam? Was that a 50-center or a dollar uh, game? I want to – well, see, Diamond Gems was on tokens. Um, okay. And so Diamond Gems was tokens, and I remember, I don't know, one token, two tokens for each quarter, and then like a full game might have been eight or something. But I, um, jumping back to that arcade, I stocked up on, they had token deals and token specials, and I was thinking about it this morning, Bill, anticipating this discussion, and it, it reminded me, I used to get bags of tokens for Christmas, uh, like in my stocking stuffers and stuff. So I was good on tokens. Um, That's awesome. Always kept them in the car. Always ready to go. At, at any point in time, I was ready to go to Diamond Gems. So Because you never know. You may end up there. You got to have tokens. You got to be ready to go. So, I, I so imagine, yeah, I have this, especially because I, I always call you Con Mom. 
Uh, I have this picture in my head of Tony P uh, sitting in his pajamas, cutting out coupons for Diamond Gems. You know, buy two tokens, get one free or something, cutting out the coupons and then, you know, going down and and uh, meeting with all the other con moms and trading coupons for the most coupons or for the most tokens so that you guys can <laughs> can can play the most NBA jam with your uh, Atlanta gorilla. No, with Phoenix gorilla. Phoenix gorilla. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, is you Phoenix? may not be. Go ahead. You may not be that far off. Um, <laughs> there. Like, I definitely was on top because that's all I did. That was hanging out at that arcade was my life in high school and college. Mm -hmm. And so that's really all I needed money for. <laughs> like as long as I'm good. It was it was almost like a smoking habit, like a cigarette habit. No matter what, as long as I got some tokens, I'll be okay. You know. <laughs> so did, did, did you walk in and you put your quarters on the uh, on on the oh, yeah. on the screen and people were like, "Damn it, it's Tony. He's really guy. good at this game." I like to think so. Uh, I can I can neither confirm nor deny, but I like to think so. So we're gonna go with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, me and my buddy did did win a lot, and I mean it's really honestly, you just play enough and your your stats go up. Like anything, you play enough, you get good. In that game, you can grind some stats. Um, and yeah, it was just a good time. I had no problem beating up on little kids in the game. You know, to to, to they had to learn. They had to learn the hard way. Did you the, the life of NBA jams? Did you feel like, um, how do I want to phrase this? When when the game came to home consoles, was this a a, a big deal for you? Like when you when you found out, oh man, I can play this at home and not have to put tokens in all the time. Was that something that was appealing to you, or did you require the social aspect of the arcade in order to make it worth your while? Uh, I remember playing in the home version, but it just, it never really appealed to me. I don't have any fond memories of playing NBA jams at home. I just really don't remember. I can literally picture, and, and I mean, it sounds weird, but remember the smell of the arcade mm -hmm. sitting there, sitting on a they had wooden stool, sitting on the stools playing that game. I couldn't tell you if I've ever played it at home. Like I just, I don't know. don't remember. Um, so yes, I am a arcade guy. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I always had consoles, but you know, for a while up before, you know, the internet became super huge. You could live on both. Get consoles for home, but then there was arcade stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually, you know, obviously the arcade stuff died. But now I'm definitely an arcade guy. I won't, you know, you can emulate NBA games or find it. It's out there. Some, I, it, it doesn't interest me in the least bit. It was, it was the arcade experience and scooting in next to my buddy and not having enough room and, you know, having the console, the uh, arcade cabinet turned up super loud. We knew where all the dials and switches were, so we would turn it up. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, when when you when you uh, were were in the arcade and playing it, uh, think back to that that moment. Uh, if do you go? Do you ever go to barcades these days? And whenever I can find them, um, and it's funny you say that because I have a, a work trip coming up to Columbia, South Carolina. And literally the first thing I Googled was arcades in Columbia. 
Um, and oftentimes pinball. A lot of times I'm on the hunt for pinball. Uh, so, yes, I do. I, whenever I get a chance. We don't have any where I live. Uh, but when I get a chance, if I can find one, I definitely go to one. It's ridiculous. We have one where I live. I have yet to go to it. Like, it's 20 miles down the road. I could easily go there and check it out. But for me, I always feel like I'm throwing my money away because <laughs> I have an I have the access to all of these games. Like I have an arc I have an actual arcade cabinet in my office. It's uh Asteroids Deluxe and it was broken, so I took all of the guts out and replaced them with a Raspberry Pi. And nice. and, and it's awesome. But that makes me never really want to go to a barcade. My wife and I went to a barcade in New York City when we were uh, when we were in New York City this summer for a vacation, and we went there, and we felt like we were being totally ripped off because not only was were the the, the drinks very expensive, but they also like I assumed that you would go there and you would pay for drinks and then you could play the games for free, but you also had to pay for the games. And like a lot of them were in kind of poor condition and it just, they weren't running very well. Uh, you would put in quarters and, or tokens or whatever. And it would say, you know, it, it would, it would act like you didn't do anything. And then you feel like a heel going over to the guy and be like, Hey man, I put in a quarter. Can we get to, you know, you feel like, uh, some kind of cheapskate quibbling over a quarter. Uh, so we would just be like, ah, never mind. Um, but, uh, let me ask you a question. Huge, huge arcade guy, huge basketball guy. What about those, those games where you put in, uh, the quarters and you get to throw the basketballs into the hoops? Oh, like the Papa shots and stuff. Um, Bill, true story. Funny enough. Last, Matter of fact, last week to the day of our recording this, we had a uh, team outing to Chuck E. Cheese. And <laughs> I worked... Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I've been to Chuck E. Cheese, and I, I think it says on the door, like, you have to have kids with you. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, first, <laughs> let me back up. I work at a, like a big Fortune 500 insurance company, giant corporation. Um, and it just goes to show you someone's like, we should go check your cheese. And they've apparently this team, they've gone a few times before I joined the team. And you're right. It does say that. And matter of fact, I know it says that because I tried to go to the very same Chuck E. Cheese for my 21st birthday. Um, and I thought it would be clever and, and friends of mine, I'm, I'm the older, oldest of my friend group. And I said, well, I'm not going out to a bar, you know, my best friends can't go. Let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. That'll be funny. And we stepped foot in the door, and the guy said, nope, you, you got to leave. I had no backup plan. So we went home and played board games. Um, so I do know you have, you're supposed to have a child with you, but that's the benefit of being such a big corporate yeah. entity in town. Um, and the, the reason they have that rule is for safety. They of don't course. want just you know weirdos roaming around the child's arcade place. Um but the the company and coming as a group for work, I feel like they they were comfortable with that, you know. And it was during the day; it was like lunchtime during the week. Yeah, nobody's there. Know? So we we practically, matter of fact, we had the place to ourselves. Um, so yes, and I, I say all that to say they had the little Papa Shot basketball, which also fun. I love it. Uh, and this one was 
unique in that you had to score. It had levels. Like if you scored X amount of points in a minute, you could go to the next quarter. And if you oh. beat that quarter, you could go to the next. I was like, whoa, this is boiling my mind right now. Um, but we had a blast. We, you know, a team of like 30 adults, everyone had a good time. Uh, we were competing to see who could get the most tickets. And that awesome, awesome host here, you brought it back. That is why I love arcades. That is just the fun to me. It's a much more social uh, experience. I feel like there's something these days that that kids or just video game players in general, it doesn't have to be kids, but people are missing out on this experience of going to this place and playing a game and having it be generally a very short experience but you're there with a bunch of other people uh and like today if i go to an arcade you you like very few of them are actual games it's all like just kind of garbage things that aren't real game you know what i'm talking about a lot of them are uh, like ticket machines right they're just ticket yeah. machines you put in your quarter and maybe you win some tickets maybe you don't it's somewhat skill based but mostly just luck and uh I, like I, I i just find those to be really irritating and there's no like you don't really go there and socialize with anybody you go there or at least i imagine nobody does and you just put in the quarters to get the tickets and then leave. Whereas when we were kids, you would go there and you would talk to your friends and you would gather around and watch two people or in, in your case of NBA jams uh, or jam uh, duke it out four people duking it out and people would like crowd around and watch the fight and they would stack their quarters up on there being like, I got next, I got next. And that's just, it's completely gone these days. And I feel like that's a, a horrible, a horrible disservice to video games everywhere. In my opinion, it just makes me sad. I, I agree, hundred percent. And it does make me sad. And this wasn't supposed to be a sad conversation, but when you bring up arcades, for me, it is going to be sad because you're absolutely right. I am, um, like I said, middle of high school. Matter of fact, age range. I, it was before I could drive because I remember many, many a times. Mom, can you take me to Diamond Gems? <laughs> what are you doing? Can you take me to Diamond Gems? All the way to the point where I started driving myself when I was in college. Well, not started driving in college, but I, I got to a point where I was in college and the mall was right across the street from my, my university. And I just constant, whenever I needed a break or just, you know, it, was, it was my bar, basically. Like, I just got to get out. I'm going to go to the arcade. And you're absolutely right. Even if I didn't have money or tokens, I could see friends. I could see not, not necessarily friends, but but familiar patrons, you know, that I didn't know their name outside of the arcade. You, you <laughs> but, knew the three letters that they put into the thing for the high score. And I, I funny enough, I got I, I got a couple stories about that, Bill, that I have to share. But yeah, I knew their I knew their tags. Oh, hey, you're so and so, you know, um, I'd see them around. I'd watch games. Sometimes I wouldn't even play. Because I could socialize, hang out, watch a couple games, and then be on my way. Uh, yes, it is. It is very, very, very unfortunate that we don't we don't have that anymore. I, I I'll put my old guy hat on and you know blame it on the internet and say, well now people just yell and scream at each other because you know you're not there in person. You 
can do that in an arcade. You know, you're not going to chew someone out in their face because, you know, they might hit you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that you would get embarrassed. Oh, I've gotten my butt destroyed numerous times in games, you know, and, you know, like Marvel Capcom or something where you just, you know, you learn to take it. <laughs> it's just, I'll get better, you know. And, and sometimes you have to wait. For example, those games, NBA Jams, those ran, they were a little long because it was four whole quarters. So you lose, you get back in line, you get to the back, you know, back of the line, wait it out till you get a chance to do it again. So I just think it was, um, a, 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 I mean, admittedly, a great life lesson, you know, hanging out in the arcade. So what are your, what are some of your, your you mentioned you have stories. What are some of your best memories that have to do with uh, NBA Jam? Although I, I have to point out, I know you're the guest and I probably shouldn't do this, <laughs> but it's NBA Jam, right? It's not NBA hmm. Jams, is it? Bill, I don't know. And I left my phone in the other room. Um, <laughs> you tell me, I don't know. Did you do your, did you do your informative part yet? Do you do that later? So do I, I record too. all that stuff later on. All right. Yeah. Well, um, well, I'll count on you to sort that out. Um, and then, you know, they started tacking on, it was like NBA jam, NBA jams, NBA jam extreme and tournament edition and blah, blah, blue. And, blah. and I started losing track at that point. Um, so I don't know. You know the, just the one, the one with the, the fire dunks, the fire, um, he's on fire. <laughs> I, you have to, I, I'm looking forward to this episode. Only I'll skip through me talking. I don't want to hear me again, but just so I can hear the, you know, the sound effects and the commercial <laughs> and the music and stuff. Um, but yeah, there was one guy, you know, a, a, a woman I met years later down the line and we were just talking about something and she mentioned her boyfriend and in, in Columbus where I live, once you mention, oh, I used to go to diamond jams. Then you're like, wait a minute. Did I know you? And she was mentioned in this boyfriend, this guy she dated, and yada, 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 yada. And then one day she said, oh, he used to play a lot of NBA jams. I said, oh, did he now? She said, he was the guy with the chicken. And I was like, oh, I knew the chicken. I totally know the chicken. I know exactly who she was talking about. Because That's he's weird. somebody I would see repeatedly. <laughs> but I would see him repeatedly. As I mentioned, we all had our own characters. Uh -huh. And he always had the guy that was the chicken. And so I remember meeting him uh, and I talked to him plenty of times and to this day still recognize his face because uh, he was the chicken. The chicken. Yeah. That's, that is awesome. <laughs> um, another one was another guy I met um, years down the road, you know, like after college. Um, and uh, inevitably the conversation came up. Yeah, I always used to hang out at Diamond Gems. But we played a different game. We played a game called um, uh, War Total something. I don't remember. It was a four-player, basically first-person shooter, like arcade first-person shooter at the time with a, a joystick, like a, a triggered joystick as your gun and a trackball. Um, oh, weird. And yeah, it's a pretty fun game. It's, it's, it's one I'd like to find and play again. Um, and I was pretty good. I guess the theme here is I was pretty good at most of the games I played. Um, so I was pretty good. I was always towards the top, but me and my buddy who, who played NBA jams, my, my basketball partner, we were always second and third and we would swap places, second and third, second and third. And I met this guy and then 
and met him one day, and he said, oh, I used to play War. I was like, oh, really? And he said, yeah, I would put my name as Mox. And me and my friend, it blew our minds. We're like, you're the guy! You're him! <laughs> really? And, and we, we still talk about it to this day. But I was like, I could never, never beat Mox. I hated Mox. I, yeah, it's funny how you don't meet someone ever because they're number one. Like, I despise Mox. Uh, and, and me and that guy were still friends, but I just I despise Mox. <laughs> right, right. So, so like, you guys had built up in your imagination this uh, personality for Mox that, yes. you know, gave you a target to, to paint with your rage. Uh, but... <laughs> But it turns out he's a really nice guy and he's lovable as all get out. Oh, yeah. Mox was the worst. And his real name is Matt. And Matt is a great guy who I'm still friends <laughs> with. Mox, like I said, to this day, still can't stand him. So, uh, and, and for some ahead. weird reason, because he's, I, I guess it's because he was a few years younger than me, we never crossed paths because I would go a lot in the afternoon, like college schedule time, and he was still in high school. And so he would go later. And we literally never met each other on that game. We both played it. We would come in and swap. Well, I never beat them, but we would kind of get close and swap, you know, names on the board. But I never crossed paths with them. Was there anything about NBA Jam that you just didn't like about it? No. Um, it, it was always a good time. I um, No, I really, I really don't. Uh, or I really can't think of one. I, I just absolutely loved it, uh, especially when my buddy was there. But even by myself, I would play. And like I said, it was early. And so the idea that you could have your own character was, I know you asked me my least favorite, but that was one of my favorite things. Uh, but no, I just, uh, to, to me, in retrospect, it was perfect. Uh, if I go in there and try to play it now. <laughs> Well, that, that's usually the last question I ask is, what do you think it would do well today? Now, of course, arcade games don't exist, but let's imagine for a second that there was some kind of fairy that could grant you, uh, grant anybody that wanted it, a copy of NBA Jam in an arcade cabinet in their house. Uh, do you think like you would play it at your house or does it need to have the other people in order to really be enjoyable? I really think it needs the other people. Um, like I said, every NBA Jam memory, every time I talk about it, I always think of a good friend of mine by my side, uh, my buddy Jamie, who I'm also still friends with. I always think of him there next to me. I think of the nameless, faceless people that we would destroy. Um, <laughs> but they're a big element of it. And... You know, I, I talk a lot of junk, but it was always fun. And, you know, they would come in, we'd tease each other, and then we'd play again or, you know, play something else. And so I really think it it needs those people because there's not – otherwise, it's just a grind. There's not a lot of advancement or adventure or story or anything of that nature. It's just, you know, it, it's solely based on the face-to-face -face you know, one-on-one -on -one or two versus two and, and slamming, like dunking in someone's face and doing the outrageous thing and having the ball catch on fire. You know, it's it, it's designed, I think, to 
throw it in someone else's face. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like it's a game of its time now I, because arcades are dead. Uh, this is not anything that would ever succeed today. No, not at all. And and like you mentioned, you said I'm not really a sports gamer because sports games now are very almost uh, simulations. Yes. And and they take pride in the accuracy, you know. And I think it's awesome, and that's great. And and they're some of the most successful console games out there. You know, people buy them over and over and over again. Uh, so no, I don't think the silliness of it would 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 still hold. And they've tried. Um, there's been, there was a fairly recent new NBA jam. NBA playgrounds. Sure. Yes. That one. (laughs) Um, and there's been similar ones. And I just think that that genre is gone and lost and behind us. And for now it's, it's on the, the accuracy. Well, Tony, this was an awesome conversation, and it's the first, um, I, although I don't know what ep- what order these episodes are going to get released in, but so far it's the first episode where we talked about an arcade game, uh, so that's, that's definitely unique. Uh, each episode, I try and have my guest close out the show by saying our outro, which is resolution doesn't matter. So you want me to say that? I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that, Bill. But Bill, before I do that, yeah, I think may I make a suggestion because I'm curious now. Had this been a non-recorded conversation, I would now want to know what is your favorite. Uh, don't you don't have to answer it now. My favorite but, what? Well, this isn't really favorite games. It's uh, just games you love. So or a game love, yeah, a game love story. I would want to hear some of yours. Not right now, but maybe. Uh, uh, a season finale or, or Patreon exclusive or something. I'd be curious, curious to hear what you have to say. You know what? Uh, what, what I'll do is I'll get somebody to interview me. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. And what am I, what am I supposed to say again? You just, uh, a resolution doesn't matter. Ah, ah, I didn't understand. <laughs> I was overthinking it. I was like, my personal resolutions don't matter. That's kind of <laughs> crappy. But the resolution of the video game resolution doesn't matter. The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at Pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at RunJumpStomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net.